Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality, and that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. Must see the central narrative. That it is. We are Americans. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Friday, November 10th, 2023, the 1024th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'm your moderator.substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month. And in doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't or you simply don't want to, continue listening to the podcast for free on a wide variety of podcast platforms and, of course, Rumble. All I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find the links to the podcast, the writing, the social media, and the merch site by visiting linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. So yesterday I was talking about how we should operate in a zero trust information environment in an environment where we know that there is no authoritative source of information. There's not one singular source of information that should be trusted without discernment. You just listen to whatever that person or that company or that organization says and just take it for granted as truth and then make big decisions based on that. We have to think about trade-offs. If I agree with this supposedly authoritative source of information and I'm right, what's the benefit? If I'm wrong, what's the consequence? If I choose to believe the opposite of this source or doubt this source, what's the possible benefit? What are the potential downsides? And then unless we need to go all in with one or the other, we just leave the question open. We take in the new information as information among other information. It has some value. We think about where it fits on an overall map and understanding of reality as it exists. And we leave the question open. We abstain from forming any hard and fast belief in the first place. We can certainly lean one way or another. But ultimately, we understand that this is not something we can know right now. And unless 
we're forced to choose. We don't want to go 100% all in on something we understand we can't fully know. You would not, for instance, want to commit yourself to supporting the mass killing and destruction of strangers across the world unless you were pretty certain about what those strangers did and who actually makes up that group of strangers. You wouldn't want a bunch of innocent people lumped in with the strangers who actually did something bad. You would want answers to all of these questions before you went out promoting death and destruction. It only seems reasonable going online and screaming about how a whole group of strangers' lives don't matter, and if they die, that's just fine because of content you saw on the internet. Well, if you're wrong, you're going to look like a homicidal maniac, and the truth is, a lot of people are going to be wrong who are doing it right now, and in the future, if anyone cares to pay attention, all of these people should be seen as homicidal maniacs, because that's what they're doing. Now, I'm sure they're good with that. They'll say, well, you know, those people whose mass murder I was supporting, they've been known to do similar things in the past. <laughs> oh, really? Homicidal maniac? How do you know that they did those things? Was it all the same people told you as told you this time? Oh, it was? Well, okay. Are you sure you don't want to revise your justification for going online and screaming in promotion of this mass death and destruction? You have the opportunity. The floor is yours. And you're not going to hear anything from any of those people because most of the people supporting all of that right now were supporting the same thing in the Middle East 20 years ago after 9-11. And they do it in support of all these globalist projects. And that's what it is. It is a globalist project. In the future, no one will doubt that all of this is about trade routes or infrastructure projects or a matter of energy resources, just like the rest of these conflicts. Sometimes the global regime will just have two groups of people that they don't like kill one another while the people they do like profit. In fact, that's what explains every war of all time. And so if you understand that paradigm, why in the world would you be supporting more of it on behalf of one side of the regime against the other? Now, I'm the guy who says everything is two things. Is it totally possible in this situation that everything being done to the representatives of the Muslim Brotherhood, who we are told represent Hamas and therefore represent all Palestinians in Gaza, by whatever forces and whatever sources of authority within the state of Israel is totally justified. Yeah, that's totally possible. But I don't know that to be true for sure. And I do know that a lot of people who are promoting that publicly are people who are consistently wrong and lying about virtually everything and were wrong in a parallel situation just 21 months ago in Ukraine. So I'm not inclined to give them the benefit of the doubt. And therefore, I understand there are multiple ways that this can be looked at. There are multiple interpretations. There might be certain interpretations among them that map exactly onto reality and show a certain position to be morally justifiable. But I can't guarantee that that's what I am supporting and throwing my support behind a position. So I abstain. And when the people calling for support for that position are trying to tell me that it is a moment of moral clarity where I must decide, I am going to be immediately inclined to decide against them. It is actually possible to abstain from a lot of the conflicts that we are seeing break out within the controlled opposition dynamic, both online and in the media and in real life, because all of these things affect one another. There's an interplay there. People's belief formation causes how they communicate, which causes how people interpret the world around them, which changes their belief formation. And this cycle has a profound real effect on the world. I'm not going to have my consent coerced at threat of my reputation so that I decide with some system of power I know to be dishonest and have bad intentions when it comes to some centuries or millennia old conflict on the other side of the world. 
That is not only a defensible position, it's the sort of position where when someone says, well, I think you're really a bad person for not supporting Israel, or I think you're a bad person for not supporting the Palestinians, you can probably ask that person two or three questions, spin them into a circle till they're just buried in the ground. They just spin around at high speed, their little feet become a drill, and then sooner or later, their head is just at ground level. Just three questions and you'll confuse the hell out of them. And then you say, well, hey, you don't know what you're talking about here. Why are you making this decision? That actually seems kind of morally bad to me. See, I admit I don't know enough about this situation to go out promoting the death and destruction of potentially millions of people. And that's why I'm not going to say anything. But you don't even really know the first thing about this issue, and you are promoting the death and destruction of potentially millions of people at an unknown and untold expense in a conflict that may eventually bring violence to our shores and to your neighborhood and to your family. So, you know, I think I'm just going to stick with my position rather than your position. And of course, I made the parallel to our elections. If we are just going to assume that our elections are free and fair, safe and secure, and that the reported results reflect the will and intent of the American voter, and that does not happen to be true, and then we double down on that after every single primary and election where we hear complaints of election manipulation, we're going to end up with a government and a country In the exact state of decay we find ourselves in now, we don't have borders, our military is falling apart, our education system is god-awful, our politics is mean, the people in our politics are petty and stupid and easily corruptible and compromised, and there is absolutely no accountability anywhere. We have a zero trust information environment and we have zero accountability in our society. And that, my friends, is unsustainable. And so after I did Badlands Daily this morning with CanCon, we did kind of a shorter episode today, I decided that I would still head out to the gym before doing my show. My normal routine is I get up in the morning, I go to the gym, I'm consuming information, I'm working out, I come home, make some food or make a juice or something, and then I get to work on my show. That's been my routine for the last three plus years that I've been doing this show. And sometimes when I have an appearance to do in the morning, whether it's with Sean Morgan or Jason Burmis on Making Sense of the Madness, or it's on Badlands Daily, or I've got something else going on, I get out of that routine, then it's a little harder for me to get into my show process. And some days I end up putting up really late episodes because of things like that. But this morning, CanCon and I ended kind of early. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to hit the gym now instead of later on. And I'll get back in my good mode of thinking. I'll come home, do the show. Now you've gotten the whole story. But as I'm driving to the gym, I'm listening to Steve Bannon And occasionally on War Room, they have some of the sponsors actually do a little mini interview with Steve on the show. And he was talking to a guy who sells Faraday bags. And those are the bags that make it impossible for your cell phone to get a signal. At least I think that's what he was selling. He said something and my mind completely went off in its own direction and I ignored the rest of the interview. I think that's what he was selling. But anyway, Bannon asks a question. He says... Doesn't your phone have a lot of security features on it already? Aren't people protected just from those security features? And the response was basically, well, no, of course not. I think most of your audience probably understands that's not true. The big corporations like Google and Apple will try to convince the public that their devices are actually very secure and that nothing could ever penetrate that security. But it's absolutely not true. And I think most of us do know that. And then I got to thinking how strange it was that we use all of these technological devices where we have stored so much personal information. There are probably things on each and every one of your devices that could be used to embarrass you or shame you or get you to do something that you otherwise would not want to do in order to prevent that embarrassment or shame. 
Now, I know that's probably less true for older folks who didn't spend their teenage years and their young adulthood with cell phones exchanging pictures and messages with far too many people. But for everyone who did, we know that there is probably data out there that could make us look pretty bad if presented in certain ways to certain people. And despite understanding the massive downside that could present for a lot of people and then doing more to protect our phones or expecting more from the companies who make the phones and make the software, we instead convince ourselves that the problem doesn't matter. And once we begin thinking about it, we eventually reach the point where we're like, wait a second, that problem does matter, but what could I possibly do about it? What am I going to do? Stop using my cell phone? I mean, I need my phone. I depend on my phone. And it's not like one phone is better than the other phone, even though there are obviously some better phones out there. Don't worry, this is not a very long advertisement for those phones. Most of us think that we're stuck. We are basically trapped in something that is close to a monopoly. Apple has a massive share of the market. Then Google has a massive share of the market. And there are some other companies, some other products out there that run on various operating systems. I get it. But by and large, most people are on either Apple's iOS or Android and don't really see any way to break out of that. And that's when you usually tell yourself, well, it's just me. I'm sure it's okay. And yeah, maybe it is, but maybe it's not. And maybe it's already been not okay, but you won't realize it for five more years. All of that is possible. And the solution, of course, is to not do shit that'll end up compromising you and or get right with God so you can face it standing up. But here's the thing. We have always been told that regulations are necessary because without regulations, corporations could just do bad things with their products and not care about whether their products are malfunctioning and could be dangerous or that the foods they sell could be poisoned. And the regulations and the regulating bodies are what keep all those corporations in check. Otherwise, those corporations, greedy as they are, would be making terrible products to sell to consumers, taking advantage of consumers, getting them to pay while they are being harmed, and leaving them with no recourse, nothing they can do when they are clearly being harmed by the corporations. Now, if you are awake and savvy and currently paying close attention to what I'm saying, you would realize everything I just said to be a description of how things are right now. And we are actually told that the system as it exists right now exists to prevent the state of being we are in right now. Think about the pharma companies. Think about the energy companies. We have highly regulated industries with massive federal bureaucracies just to control the regulations on these companies, and they are still exploiting consumers. And how is that possible? Well, it's because they pay for the laws to be changed to make it possible for them to do all of these things they want to do, but now in a legal way. In fact, you can go through these things, see how certain regulations came into being, and then realize that those regulations were set up to allow companies to do exactly that which they want to do without violating any regulations so that the public can eventually be told they're being protected while they're being exploited. The regulations are put in place to save us from the fallout from the negative byproducts of a free market. And what they're actually doing is preventing the free market from ever holding companies accountable. When we find out something that a company like Google or Apple has done, or any of the social media firms, or any of the banks or the pharma companies, you can go on down the list. You eventually find out that the thing they did wasn't illegal. And what happens? Generally nothing. But sometimes an employee will be fired. Sometimes someone or the company will have to pay a very large fine. Sometimes someone will go to jail. Usually nothing happens. But the government, knowing that the people 
are really concerned about this problem and might be losing faith in this company and in their government to protect them from companies like this doing this sort of thing. Well, then they're going to make a regulation that says companies like this cannot do this one specific thing. You're never allowed to do that thing you just did before over again. Now there's a law. Now, will what they do actually punish the company or make the company change its behavior? The answer is generally no, particularly if that company was doing something that that company must do on behalf of, say, a much bigger project, for instance, then they're just going to find another way to do that thing that skirts the regulations. What's done will pacify consumers, convince them that both the government and the company care deeply about their concerns, and then everything will just keep on going and the consumers will accept what they are given because, again, these companies in the situation we find ourselves have a stranglehold on the market. They monopolize markets because of their relationship with the government. And people will not stop using their products, but they will ultimately convince themselves that things have been fixed and really that problem didn't affect them that much. The company will not be held accountable, not by consumers and not by the government who they work in conjunction with, not only just in the regulator and business relationship as it is described and shown to the public, but in a full on partnership of the sort we are now seeing consistently in our world. And hopefully at some point, people will generally understand what it means that the government and corporations are working together to implement a common agenda and they are gleefully changing laws and regulations to allow that agenda to proceed more smoothly with no possibility of accountability from the public zero accountability on either side of that business and government relationship. And it is worth noting, as always, that this sort of relationship between business and government is the true root and meaning of fascism, which is not right wing. It is a collectivist Marxist ideology born out of Marxism. The characteristics attributed to fascism like racism or nationalism or violence are not actually what defines fascism at all. Those are features of certain iterations of fascism. Think about where we are with the COVID shots and the inability for people to hold the pharma companies accountable. We've all heard, right, that they were granted immunity, except in the cases of fraud, which of course will eventually be proven and blah, blah, blah. But we do not need to worry about that for the purposes of this example. That would be the government removing accountability from the corporation and justifying that to the public by telling them what this corporation is doing is so important for you that to convince them to do this, the money wasn't good enough. We actually had to make it so they could never, ever, ever be sued if their product turned out bad. Otherwise, the money just wasn't enough. They weren't going to give us the products just for the money. They wanted this immunity too. So we, as your representatives, gave it to them through an act of what we call laws. And we understand that none of you like what we did, but the truth is all of it was legal and we have these regulatory boards to protect you. And yes, we know that those regulatory boards don't really protect you. And we know that they also failed at their jobs, but we did the best we could. So you can't be mad at us. You have to understand that human error happens. And ultimately, all of you decided to put it in your bodies yourselves. We didn't make you do that. I mean, sure, we exercised some threat and coercion and tried mandating it through law, but that didn't work. So regardless, it still was ultimately your choice. And they actually are right about that part. It was each person's individual choice to inject themselves with a toxic experimental substance that can't protect them from a disease that can't kill them because the television told them they were going to get in trouble if they didn't. And all of that is very sad. We can pray for people's health and potential recovery if anything goes wrong. 
We've all made very bad decisions in our lives at some point. I know that I have. My primary concern pointing this out is not to be judgmental or come down on anybody or cause them to be struck with fear. It's because we should all admit when we make bad decisions so that we can make better ones in the future. And claiming that we were forced into that bad decision makes it impossible for us to embrace what actually caused us to make that bad decision. So the lesson to be learned for the future is not vaccine bad, although they are. The lesson to be learned is the understanding that there are actual consequences to decisions like that one, and it does matter what you're going to place your faith and trust in, and whether, in fact, it is a good setting of priorities to put your job or your ability to travel or your joy of going to restaurants over your long-term health. And again, I make bad decisions. I was a smoker for much of my life. I'm not right now. I probably will be again because I really, really like it. But the same people who claim that COVID was a very deadly pandemic tell me that cigarettes are very bad for me and it could be that they're right and not lying this time. But the point is that governments around the world and large transnational corporations, in this case, the pharma companies, made a deal and agreed that neither could be held accountable if anything goes wrong with their plan to inject this new technology into billions of people worldwide while telling them it would cure them of a disease that couldn't kill them and that everyone already knew those exact same people were lying about. They created a situation for which there would be zero accountability, and we have not seen accountability yet. Now, I think that as a people's movement, we will eventually get to the point where we can hold these people accountable. That has to be a driving force and a motivation for people involved in this movement. Understanding what's been done to us and what's been done in our name, partially due to our own inattention. But at some point, we have to be seeking accountability. That absolutely has to happen. There is no way to move forward without it. But here's the thing. What would cause someone to operate as though they understood there would be zero accountability? They have to have a certain level of control and influence, much of that influence being malign. There would also have to be a false story presented to the public about the state of affairs, because the public generally would not want to see all of these people that they come to depend on and all of these organizations, companies, etc., that they come to depend on never being held accountable for anything, even if they do absolutely terrible things. That's the sort of thing that would cause people to lose trust in society and mass. And lo and behold, that's the exact situation we find ourselves in. We have corporations willing to produce products they know to be dangerous and not only allowing people to take them, but encouraging people to take them and then advertising to the whole world that everyone must take them or else they are risking the lives of themselves and everyone around them and then making sure that they cannot be sued if anything goes wrong. Every possible opportunity for accountability for these companies seems to be something they are easily able to evade. And you wonder how that happens and you realize, oh, politicians set that up. So we are told that the market holds companies accountable, but it can't hold companies accountable enough because companies are just so evil and bad and greedy that they are going to exploit their consumers whenever possible even if it results in the deaths of those consumers or the poisoning of those consumers or causing those consumers to have a total loss of faith in the company. The market's going to hold them accountable, except when it can't. And when it can't is when they get too big. So then only the government can hold them accountable. Well, how's the government going to do that? Through regulations. Who's going to set up the regulations? The government in coordination with the companies so that the company can keep doing whatever it wants, but that thing's not illegal anymore. All you have to have is government corruption by the same corporations. And the government can't hold the companies accountable. The market can't hold these companies accountable. And you are left in a situation of zero accountability. 
And you might think those darn politicians just going around passing laws for the benefit of these corporations at the expense of the people. They take all these massive donations. They have all these wealthy lobbyists. We know that people leave public office and go on to the boards of these major corporations who are just rewarding them for doing as they were told while they were in office. The system is totally rigged on behalf of these corporations by these politicians. And gosh, I would love to hold these politicians accountable. Well, good news. You can hold politicians accountable. That's what we have elections for. Oh, you don't like what the politician did? Well, my friend, guess what I have in store for you? An election. It's just two years away. And if you're able to garner the resources and find a perfect candidate and then run an exquisite campaign, you might be able to take this incumbent out of office, thus holding them accountable for creating this law that made sure the corporations who are actively poisoning you can't be held accountable. Why don't you try that one on for size? Oh, how's it fit? Oh, terribly? Shocker. But hey, that's what we get, right? If the politicians make sure that the businesses can't be held accountable, even while they're harming the constituents of those very politicians, it is unfortunately up to those constituents to hold those politicians accountable through elections. You just go out and you vote them out of office and then they're gone and everyone realizes, hey, did you see that? Ted is no longer in office. Why is that? Oh, well, it's because he's part of that group of people who made it possible for the pharma companies to poison everyone repeatedly and convince your kids to lop their dicks off. And everyone says, oh, thank goodness. It is unbelievable that anyone could go along with any of that and then not hold these corporations accountable. I mean, that's what we have public officials for. You can't just have these corporations out there convincing kids to lop their dicks off and then not hold them accountable. But Ted just didn't seem up to the task of doing it. So now we're going to hold Ted accountable. We're going to go out and vote. We are going to elect Ted's opponent, and then Ted will be gone, and whoever replaces him and everybody else will know this is what happens to you if you make it possible for corporations to convince kids to lop their dicks off and not hold them accountable. And oh, what a system we have. It's a great, great system. That is our way of holding the politicians accountable when they choose not to hold the corporations accountable. After having already taken away our opportunity to hold those corporations accountable in a free and open market. How did we get so lucky? Oh, it was the founding fathers. They put the Constitution in place. They made a deal with Great Britain. Now everything is perfect. Nothing in the Constitution has ever been changed to our detriment ever since. And with such a perfect society as we have, it would be crazy to complain. And it's up to us to hold these politicians accountable. And hey, if we fail to do that, it's our fault. Apparently, we as voters are just too dumb to understand when the politicians are callously encouraging others to poison us. It's kind of like how black voters in Compton, California, continue to vote for Maxine Waters as entire neighborhoods collapse and she moves to another part of town to live in a $6 million house and make appearances on MSNBC and scream about racism. Sure, all those people in Compton know their lives are going to shit, but what are they going to do? Not elect anti-Maxine again? They just keep voting for the same thing no matter how bad it gets. You know, people, that's just what they do. There's no way anything else could be going on there. Sure, the politician is bad, but not bad enough to hold her accountable. Because just think how much worse it could get. I mean, at the end of five decades of urban decay, the last thing you want to do is not elect someone who's looking out for your interests like Maxine Waters. Thank goodness we have elections to hold our politicians accountable. Now you might say, hey, that's kind of weird. These politicians they put these laws and regulations in place to make sure that corporations and corporate leaders and their friends, people who align with their agenda, 
can never be held accountable no matter what they do, but they still subject themselves to a system that holds them accountable and make sure that they never veer off course and that they never actually hurt the people they claim to be helping. They never mislead the public about their intent or about their actions or why they did a certain thing because they know that if they ever let their constituents down, their constituents would vote them out of office. That's how the constituents would hold them accountable. So thank goodness the politicians can be held accountable because otherwise them making sure that the corporations couldn't be held accountable would mean that no one can be held accountable. Except here's the thing. If we're able to figure all of this out and we can understand this dynamic, you can bet that the politicians who would be held accountable can probably also think their way through this dynamic. And they might realize at some point, well, if I'm going to be here making sure that corporations can never be held accountable to the point where people would want to hold me accountable, how does that work out for me? I would really like to have a situation where I can't be held accountable if I'm going to be going and getting rid of other people's accountability and telling my constituents I'm actually doing the opposite thing. They might catch on eventually and want to hold me accountable. This system doesn't actually work that well for me once they kind of find out about what's going on. Isn't there some sort of way that we could create like a parallel situation to my relationship with the corporations? Isn't there some sort of way that I could remove the accountability the same way I'm removing the accountability from those corporations. And then they realize, oh yeah, there is totally a way that I could do that. I would just talk to all the other people who are in the same position that I'm in. And we would all agree to create a situation where we can't be held accountable either. Well, how are we going to do that? Okay. Well, let's change some laws and then let's get a bunch of corporations, just like these other corporations, to handle our elections. And then we can set up a system of regulations that'll make sure these corporations do what they're supposed to be doing. That sounds perfect. We're going to change all of the rules about elections so that we can stay in office, even if people really don't like what we're doing. Now, we certainly can't get rid of elections. I mean, that would make it so that no one could hold us accountable. But then the people will realize that they have no voice and no power to control anything about the laws that govern them or the people who govern them or any aspect of the government itself. So we have to have elections. Okay, so we have to have elections, but we have to make sure that the elections can't hold us accountable because then otherwise, if they can, we won't be able to go out and do all these things these corporations want us to do so that they can avoid accountability. Okay, I've got it. We are going to set up a system of elections that guarantees we always win. Well, how are you going to do that? You're not going to be able to convince the people to vote for you, even if you're doing terrible things to them and on their behalf and in their name, clearly in opposition to all of their needs and for the benefit of rich and powerful people who they are adamant about never supporting. Well, first off, I probably can convince the people to just keep voting for me. I'll tell them that whoever my opponent is hates them and actually is going to make their lives even worse. And they're not going to check. In fact, I'll tell them that they are terrible people. If they do check, I'll use my platform to tell everyone how hateful these people are and how opposed they are to the interests of everyone else, to everyone else's good. But yeah, that might not work. Eventually, they might realize that I always say the same things about the same sorts of people. And I do it with whoever doesn't like what I'm doing and is trying to hold me accountable. Eventually, they're going to figure that out. So what do we need to do? Well, let's set up an election system that is so convoluted and so complicated that no one can really figure it out. Let's make it possible to manipulate that system in countless ways so that any individual manipulation can never be tracked and no one who is involved in that individual manipulation can ever actually be held accountable. We'll say, well, the system's just too complicated. We'll say it's human error. We will say it's an isolated incident 
or ultimately we will blame it on the corporations that we've hired and that we regulate. But luckily, we have a situation in place already where those corporations can't be held accountable. You see, we're going to tell everybody that they have proprietary intellectual property and proprietary technology involved in their systems. And it wouldn't be right to open that up to the public because then the system really would become vulnerable to outside manipulation. I mean, it's not vulnerable at all right now as it stands. But if anybody knew anything about our system, then it would become immediately vulnerable. So part of what keeps these elections going is making sure that no one can ever find out about the systems that these outside corporations are using and implementing in our elections. Now, some people might wonder if all of this is illegal. And here's the good news. It's not illegal. Why is it not illegal? Because all of the people who we've elected get into office and then they make sure that all the stuff everyone has done to get them into office, if it was illegal, will no longer be illegal. They'll just change some laws, put some new regulations in place and tell the public that all of this is being done for their good in order to protect their interests and keep everybody in check despite their greed and their lust for power that no one can deny. Why would anyone deny that? What we need to do is put a system in place that will prevent evil always. And thank goodness that evil could never be entered into the process through the implementation of that system. In fact, the system is there to stop evil. We've got those regulations. We've got those laws. The system is overcomplicated. It's convoluted. And at the end of the day, no one can be held accountable for the election problems. And because nobody can be held accountable, and because we designed this system to make sure that nothing we were doing is technically illegal, that means that the outcome of all of these elections is 100% legitimate and fully the choice of the voters. And guess what? You know who's accountable at that point? For all of these problems in the elections, in our government, and in these corporations? <laughs> we are. That's what they are ultimately saying. They are saying, hey, you guys allow this. And to some extent, they're right. The people do not stop them from doing what they're doing. We don't get rid of our iPhones and our Android phones. We don't focus on protecting our privacy. We don't force the food companies and the pharma companies to stop poisoning us. We don't require legitimacy and transparency in our elections. And we don't even speak up when politicians are blatantly violating their fiduciary duty, their oath, and their commitments to their own constituents. And they've kind of got us there. That's when they say, hey, it's not like you can't see us doing this. You don't stop us. That's basically the same as giving your consent. And that's how they operate. They know there is no accountability, which is why they do the things they do. The fact that there is no accountability is part of what explains what's happening right now. Things could not be like this if there were accountability at any point in this chain of events. And the fact that our politicians operate the way they do indicates that they understand they cannot be held accountable. Why do they understand that? That is the ultimate question. That is the most important aspect of that. Why do they understand that? Well, that's because they know that elections are stolen. Politicians simply could not act this way if they thought that they could ever be held accountable. I mean, imagine going into political office. You personally, imagine what that would be like. You are being sent to Washington, D.C. to represent the needs and desires of a whole bunch of constituents in your community where you live. They know you or they know your friends or they know friends of your friends. They are other members of your community. You are going there to represent their interests. Think about the responsibility and the duty you would feel if that was you and you were sent to go do that. I imagine everyone in my audience would probably feel a great deal of responsibility. I know I would. I wouldn't want to go there and then embarrass my constituents 
or defy their interests or fail to properly represent their interests or alternatively understand that I have a different interpretation of how things should go than they do and try to resolve that with them rather than doing what was demanded of me and then trying to sell it to them as if it was their choice and a good idea the whole time. I would go in expecting to be held accountable if I was doing all of the wrong things. Why don't our congressmen and our senators, our presidents, our city councilmen, why is it that nearly every politician in American politics fails to act that way? I would suggest to you that it's because they know they will not be held accountable because they know how they got elected in the first place. The fact that politicians act so brazenly in disregard for the needs and the will of their constituents is actually proof that they know elections don't matter and cannot affect them. We are talking about people who represent a regime that propagandizes us 24-7, including in all of the cultural content we are told is representative of art. And they coordinate with the biggest corporations in the world to censor us and make sure that we can't spread our opinions and observations because they fear what it is we might notice or say. But still, we pretend that they would never, ever violate that important part of our voice, our vote. Because our vote is sacred. That's why they need so many of us to go out and do it. That's why they are advertising to us all the time. Look how important your vote is. Look how sacred your vote is. We have to make it as easy as possible for you to believe that everybody can vote because it's so sacred. Look how much you value the thing that we are telling you on TV is really, really important. How is it that you don't value this super important thing quite enough? They honestly sell you the importance of your vote the way a used car salesman sells you a used car. It's just, please believe us. Please believe us. You really did do this. Please believe us. Their brazen disregard for the will and intent of the American people is itself proof of a totally rigged election system. They know that they cannot be held accountable. And one of the main features of their jobs is to make sure that other people also can't be held accountable and held accountable by whom? By the people, because all of them still reserve the right to hold you accountable according to their system if you don't do the right thing. In fact, they will hold you accountable for pointing out that they have set up a system that cannot hold them accountable. There are people in prisons right now for opposing this regime and in this specific way. Our society is in the state it's in ultimately because our elections are stolen and because we exist in a society where there is ultimately zero accountability for anyone in a position of power and total accountability for anyone who's not. The fact that they brazenly act the way they do indicates that they cannot be held accountable. That in itself is proof of a rigged system. And in a zero trust information environment, you should always assume that when someone acts in a way that proves they don't believe they can ever be held accountable, it's probably because the game is rigged in their favor. I'll be back on Monday at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month, comes out to under a quarter per episode, and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com, and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree, 
linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. And I'll see you soon out on the range. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'mYourModerator.substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofi. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hot!